You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this episode of my first show. My guest is the beautiful, the talented, the um, multi-medium uh, hopping, should we say, <laughs> from the television screen to the internet screen to the stage, Carly Hughes. Hello. <laughs> oh my gosh, that intro is everything. I'm like, oh no, let me record it. <laughs> We have recorded. Don't worry. Oh my God. Thank you so much for having me. <laughs> my pleasure. Thank you for being here. There's um, there's a, a lot of interesting things that we talk to our guests about uh, when they get on the show. But the first thing I like to ask, first and foremost, is how are you doing right now? Oh, that is just so kind of you. <laughs> you know what? I'm I'm good. I'm taking... Every day, one day at a time. Mm -hmm. I am not putting pressure on myself, and um, you know, I'm 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 not a stranger to being alone, mm -hmm. um, but never lonely. You know what I mean? I've been yeah. on my own since I was 17, so I know how to have a, a solo date night and throw myself a party. You know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so um, the calm that comes with you know that having that experience of being. Um, able to sit with yourself is helping me with all the chaos outside of my house. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. All the chaos in the world. So I am grateful yeah. for that. Um, and grateful to have a space to, to shelter in, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Did, did that younger aloneness from age 17 have mm -hmm. a chaoticness as well? Like, are you referencing any emotional, Themes. Oh no! I just moved out when I was seventeen. <laughs> I graduated it. high school a year early, and I was like, "No, this is what I want to do for a living." And you Got know, it. set sail to go like you know, I don't know, make a living. And that's what I thought at that right. age. At that, it was not a living; it was like pennies. But right, um, you know, I just was like, I'm, I've always been very independent, and was like, yeah. "Okay, bye. I'm going to go do the world now." Yeah. And uh, and now it seems the world is doing all of us. So. <laughs> so that's a that brilliant us, phrase you know it's true phrase the world is doing us is it ever over and over it's insane it's insane oh god this year is yeah. insane but I have also tried to like I've been redirecting myself and my mm. 
how I speak about it and my mindset of 2020 because does it suck? Absolutely. But at the same time, if you look at it in terms of 2020 is when you go to the eye doctor, perfect vision. Mm. And in this year, while it's a big shit storm, oops, sorry. Um, oh, we love swears. It is, okay, fine. great. Cause I do it. Um, it, it, this year is a big shit storm. However, if you look at it in terms of 2020 being perfect vision, every single little thing is being brought to light literally like every other week since March, since the pandemic started, yeah. everything is being uncovered. Everyone is speaking up. People are coming forward with injustice. Everything is coming to light that that has been simmering on the back burner for centuries in terms of race, in terms of economics, in terms of our economy, in terms of everything that we've talked about or whispered in circles or read about on Instagram or read about on some platform instead of learning it correctly, all of that stuff is being brought to light. So yeah, 2020 sucks because of it's all happening at once and most of it is not good, but it's giving us a whole hell of a lot to have to deal with. And, and we have not as a country been dealing with any of it. Snaps, snaps. I don't know if you can hear it. <laughs> I hear those snaps <laughs> around the world. Oh yeah. You, you, yes, yes, and yes. I'd be so I've been buying. actively consciously trying to be like, ew, this day fucking sucks. But okay, now this is out there. Just get it all. It's like in, when you're in a relationship yeah. and you really, really want to work at it because you, you already moved in together or something and you really <laughs> love each other. So you got to talk this shit out. Like you have to put everything on the table. And I'm, and I'm and America right now is like somebody's old, nasty, angry granny dumping her pocketbook out looking for the last peppermint. And that peppermint <laughs> has not fallen out yet. We are just getting bottles of crusty lipstick used everything. Like everything is being dumped out so we can sift through hoping for that last peppermint and it ain't coming. That's right. Like snotty hanky. It's just nasty. Here, baby, hold this. You got a lot of hold this. And so we're all holding shit from Granny's purse trying to decipher what we do with it in America. And America right now is a dirty, stinky bottom of a purse. I'm just saying. No, I mean, you're being very kind. Yeah, I'm being very <laughs> kind, but, you know, we're going to keep it to end that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So right when, right when the shitstorm was, was about to begin, you were in rehearsals. Is that right for a no, show? No, baby. Oh, no, baby. I didn't even make it there. Oh, God. <laughs> I know. Um, right bef- when this happened, um, I was... Uh, filming the last episode of American Housewife. Mm, um, and we got delayed um, because of, you know, set issues by two days. And so I was like, well, you have to shoot me on Wednesday or not because I leave for New York on Monday. And they were like, well, what about, you know, the virus going on? I was like, okay, yeah, what about it? I don't know how to help you. Cause I, you know, we didn't know much about it. So I was yeah. like, um, I mean, like I'll be not getting sick or something. <laughs> right. Virus don't stop theater. <laughs> right. I literally, I was like, you guys, oh, you don't know me and my background. It's going right. to be fine. So right. we shot, um, on Wednesday, finished it out. That was the 11th of March. Mm-hmm. Friday the 13th is when all the shit hit the fan. If you remember, mm-hmm. um, that was mm-hmm. when I think New York shut down on the 13th, Friday the 13th. The, the Bro- Broadway closed on the afternoon of the 12th. Of the 12th, right. Because I was yeah. like, 
in a doctor's appointment and I was like, whoa, Broadway's closed. I, yeah. I figure my trip is about to get canceled. And then we got, everything got shut down over either that Friday or over the weekend here in LA as well. Yeah. So I was supposed to be in New York starting rehearsals, not the weekend of Friday the 13th, but the next weekend. Like I was flying out, I think that week coming up to mm. <clears throat> do two projects that I was so excited to do. I was, um, doing a workshop um, mm-hmm. of a new show. And I was also about to do Bye Bye Birdie at the Kennedy Center with James Vanderbeek and Harvey Firestein. Oh. And uh, I can't remember all the other amazing talents, but we, you know, we didn't, yeah. none of us got to set foot, at, at least none of us in LA got to set foot in New York. Yeah. And it was pretty, ma- and then, you know, for the first month, everyone's optimistic, be an optimistic. Don't you be a grumpy. And and then that changed very quickly. Now we're all just like, I know, I know the phases of the pandemic from a mental health perspective, from, you know, cautious optimism to like full on denial. There was a lot of that. Yeah, A lot of denial, then freaking out, then more denial. And then like, well, well, I think yeah. the, the next shirt for 2020 should just say, well, dot, dot, dot. When <laughs> <laughs> you have three, nothing left to say, well. That's right. And then the three, the three iPhone dots that you're thinking about what yeah. to say next. Yeah. 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 Yep. Oh, oh, God. Well, let's travel back to your humble beginnings. If we Ooh. Can. Yeah. I feel like hey. there should be some magical music playing. Here, like, <laughs> like, like, <laughs> excellent adventure. It <laughs> is playing. It's playing. It's playing in our heads. It's playing in our heads. <laughs> Um, what was the first show you ever saw? First Broadway show? Any show that mattered to you and made you love theater. Oh my God. It was probably Seven Brides for Seven Brothers because I grew up, uh, I grew up in Columbia, Maryland, originally from St. Louis, grew up in Columbia, Maryland. And we had Toby's Dinner Theater. In Columbia, but I never, I've actually never seen a show there. Um, and I didn't know about it when we first moved there, I moved it to Maryland in fifth grade. And we, I didn't actually know what Broadway was until high school, which we'll get into that too. Cause you know, we're not, we weren't a family. We didn't take family vacations. They weren't like, Hey, Oh, Carly sings 24 hours a day. We should take her to a Broadway show. I don't think my family knew what that was either. So I grew up going to the Howard County Public Library, mm-hmm. finding their VHS section because that's how we rented movies because they were free. Because <laughs> again, we didn't have no Monties. And so <clears throat> you could rent movies, VHS tapes, by the way. I'm so young. You could rent them at the <laughs> library. <laughs> My mom would take us once a week and we'd go once or twice a week, get our movies, what we wanted to watch and come home and like not bother her. And I found the musical section. I remember being in fifth grade being like, musicals, music what does that mean? Like music is in it. And then I, so I grabbed like three movies. I think my mom was like, Oh, get this one. I like this one. And it was anchors away with, with Frank Sinatra. And I brought them home. and was like, the hell is this stuff? Nobody's shown me this yet. What? <laughs> like my mind was blown. And then I was like, okay, we have to go back. And I went back every time I went to the library, I rented a new yeah. musical. That's all I rented. And that was my introduction into musical theater and into theater in general, because I was watching all the golden age stuff while also in fifth and sixth, you know, grade thinking, Oh, this is stuff. I am born at the wrong time. Like, yeah, yeah, I should have been born at this time. Look at what they all got to do for a living, not knowing at that time that Broadway existed, which 
is so sad, but it's also surreal because I I didn't know. You know, yeah. it wasn't. I didn't know I was missing anything until now as an adult. I'm like, what? I missed all those years of the Tony Awards. <laughs> um, but you know, I didn't know. I just thought, what a cool thing that they got to do then, um, and make all of this magic that has me like. For Christmas, I was asking. I asked for the cassette tape. Yes, I said cassette tape. <laughs> of, um, that's Entertainment Volume 1 and 2 and 3. Oh, and three, and My mom right. was like, what the hell is this? Find <laughs> you know, a, a cassette tape. You know, there was no Google. There was no Amazon Prime. Yeah. yeah and because yeah. I had watched it, I had rented the movie from the library. And I was like, this has everything in it. Like I, my mind was blown at that age. Like despite not having seen, you know, a live show, my mind at that age of being introduced into what wow. I now do as a living was just like, what? This is, why is nobody doing this now? Right, right, right. So, so what was the live show that you then saw for the so first So the first time? live show I, I'd ever seen, you know, by middle school, I, I started doing uh, no, fifth grade. I started, I, after watching all of this, I did like the, you know, the fifth grade musical, which somebody somewhere sent me and was like, look, we were in fifth grade together. Uh, my parents t- camcorded this production oh God, of Robin was Hood. It? it was Robin Hood. And I played Robin Hood and I thought it was so good and cute. And then this girl showed me this during the pandemic. And I was like, oh, the devil does a lie. What the hell? <laughs> I sound crazy. And then- <laughs> Gender you bending has been going that. on for years. <laughs> well, I, we, I remember her sitting us all down <clears throat> and I took the, the, you know, drama class or whatever after school. And she was like, all right, it's our music teacher, Miss Alex, oh no, Alice Zerbach, loved Miss Zerbach. And she's like divvying out parts and everyone's like, oh, we got to get parts. And she's like, little John and, and all of these things and maiden Marion. And I was like, yeah, I'll be maiden Marion. And she gives it to whoever I can't even remember. And I was like, Oh, I guess I won't get a part. It's fine. You're fine. Everything's fine. You know what your parents tell you? Like, if you don't get a part, you don't get to be a part, which is now as an adult, you're like, it's bullshit. bullshit. I need a part. Um, but I was like, fine, it's fine. And then she got to the very end. She goes, and Robin Hood is going to be, and I was like, well, what boy is going to be Robin Hood? And she goes, Carly Hughes. And I was like, <gasps> I mean, I'm a star guys. It's Aww. fine. Don't even worry about it. I'm going to be Robin Hood. But now that I also <laughs> look at these tapes, yeah, I'm looking at all these fifth graders <laughs> and I went through puberty so early, like so early, no child should ever be traumatized <laughs> by that stuff. I look like Andre the fucking giant. <laughs> I'm not kidding you. I will send a screenshot if I get the courage Please. of us all standing on this. Um, it was a stage in our cafeteria at Clemens Crossing Elementary. And we're all standing on this <clears throat> stage in a cafeteria doing this quote unquote show. And these little truckers are coming up to me, hitting my boob. <laughs> That's how tall. I, I'm not even kidding. Even I, in watching it, was like, <gasps> What the? What's wrong? I oh look insane. God. It's so yeah. funny, but anyway, I at the time I had a blast, and you know, did um, the school plays in middle wow. school, which was I don't even remember. I thought they were all at, as an adult. I'm like, were these made up shows? And then we did also we did the Wiz in eighth grade, so I played oh, Dorothy. Nice. I was like, yeah, the Wiz. Oh, that's and then great. Did every show in high school, but freshman year of high school was the first year I had seen a Broadway show. And what was that? It was Footloose. Mm. And I got there and we sat in the balcony 
and everyone was like watching. And I, I can't remember who I sat next to. I want to say maybe it was Shana. Shana. Um, I can't remember. Um, we'll call her Shana. It was Shana. We'll call her Shana. Um, I think it was Shana actually, but we're all sitting there and we're watching and Stacey Francis, you know, is played as it originated, um, mm-hmm. Rusty. And I'm like on the edge of my seat. Like what? Fuck. <laughs> People kept it for me. The, this is a whole new world that nobody told me about. I feel like, I feel like people were holding me back my whole right. entire life, but it's right. fine. Cause I'm really excited right now. And I'm literally like looking over the rail and Shana turns to me and she's like, you could do that. You could totally, I like, I see you playing that part. And I was like, <gasps> wow. Right. And like, just her, I just remember her saying that and me being like, that's what I was thinking in my head, but I'm not going to tell you because I, because this is all too much, like sensory yeah. overload. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. But I remember yeah. being like, oh my God, people do this. Why did I not know people still do this? Because I always just associated the movies and everything we did grow up seeing and going to the dollar show and going, that's what those people did. It right. didn't seem like something that was attainable for me because that is not the household I grew up in. You know, yeah. while my family was supportive, but they were also just like, they didn't know about the arts. They were just like, oh, it's cool. Carly sings all the damn time and gets on my nerves. Probably, you know? Yeah. Okay. Now let's get her and do all, you know, I didn't have dance lessons growing up. I didn't have singing lessons. I didn't, you know, dance came in in high school. We happened to have dance in high school, but like, you know, it was a, a whole different world that I wasn't used to that. I was just starting to go, oh, this is what I'm about to do. Y'all. Yeah. Okay. Go Jason. Bye. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of, it's kind of amazing that nowadays people have TikTok and the internet and, you know, every single, every, every single social media post and Instagram live to see all that's happening on stages in New York and the professional sphere. But when we were kids in the eighties and nineties, it was like, my local community theater in a barn was Broadway to me in New Hampshire yeah. until I, you know, finally went to a Broadway show as well in high school. So like, oh. mind blown. Now, how brilliant is Shana for like calling that? Then? Calling it, calling it. <laughs> she was like, I mean, like you do it all at school anyway. Now, mind you, <laughs> it was high school. And we had, I mean, we had yeah. the James Rouse theater attached to our high school. So we were already balling. And yeah. James Rouse is, is the uh, founder and creator of, of Columbia, Maryland, the city, which was, is a planned city that was built specifically and primarily for multiracial, interracial, biracial families, a haven for everyone, but a safe haven specifically for that. So I grew up immensely diverse. I am not mixed myself, but my high school was every single thing wow. you can imagine. Um, James Rouse also is um, a patron of the arts. So we had his theater attached to our high school and it's a professional theater that people would tour in sometimes, but we had a whole tech crew, a whole everything. Um, James Rouse is also Edward Norton's grandfather. If you didn't know. So we had all of that stuff at our disposal, which meant when we did high school musicals, we got to do it full out. So your hometown is not quite full Westport is what you're telling me at at all. It is the complete (laughs) opposite. I don't know a full Westport. I don't think I'd ever live anywhere like that. (laughs) No, 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 no. We wouldn't survive. I'd probably punch someone in the face. I don't know. (laughs) So, so when you took on the role of American house in, in American housewife, did you have to sort of like research what it would be like to 
to be an American housewife in a in a town different from your own or it's sort of no I just I mean I just was like oh what is it like being the only black person in a place oh yeah. story of my life so yeah. and I just, I just went from there yeah yeah <laughs> you know because yeah. essentially that's what it is right 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 or that's what my character was you know yeah have you been to Westport Connecticut? No, I haven't. I'm crossing fingers that if I ever do go, that it's not like what we had on the TV show. <laughs> well, I don't know, but Justin Paul wrote the you know music for that musical episode, and he's like, "Yeah, I'm from Westport," and I'm like, "Oh," and he goes, "Yeah," <laughs> and I was like, "Well, good to know." Yeah, yeah. When when Diablo Cody was creating the book for Jagged Little Pell, it's the town of Greenport. You know, mm-hmm. which is clearly. I sat in the audience and I was like, mm-hmm. it's not like Westport. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's after this little black girl. This is Westport. <laughs> exactly. Oh, I'm so glad you saw it. So you, so you totally get it. Yeah. Well, yeah, because yeah. LaShawn's, um, LaShawn's is a friend of mine. And so oh. I was like, oh, baby girl's in. I got to go see it. Yeah. She's such a genius in it. Yeah. Isn't she? So good. God, she's so good. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Um, first professional show, what was it? First show I got ever got paid to do. I know what, okay, I know what it was. I was 18 doing Little Shop of Horrors at Pennsylvania Center Stage. And I was getting paid approximately the equivalent to um, an unemployment stipend minus the uh, extra bonus. There was no bonus. It was just like four hundred dollars or something like that, and I was Ronette and uh, of the Ronettes and Little Shop of Horrors, followed mm-hmm. by that summer, followed by Beehive. Oh wow! Yeah, and I was like, I'm doing it. I'm ba- I'm making a living. My mom was like, You're making two dollars, but you know, I support you, baby. I was like, Way to shoot me down. <laughs> and it was two dollars, but it was like really fun because it was the first time I was getting paid. Yeah. To do what I was like, I'm going to do this forever, you know? Yeah. Where was this summer stock? Pennsylvania Center yeah. State. Okay. Yeah. And then it was followed by summer stock every year thereafter at like Merry-Go-Round Playhouse. And um, wait, did I Merry-Go-Round Play? I think I did sure. it. Yeah. Both of those years. Merry-Go-Round Playhouse where we did Smokey Joe's Cafe and then West Virginia Public Theater where we did a Smokey Joe's Cafe. I've done like eight versions of Smokey Joe's Cafe. <laughs> I'm not even kidding you. And West Virginia Theater that year. And so they put up this, what they called 
a freestanding vinyl structure. Like the all they had merch that year and everything saying like West Virginia Public Theater in our freestanding vinyl structure. A tent? Oh, that, it was a tent. It was a tent. <laughs> a vinyl tent. Luckily they put they were able to put AC in there. Okay. And it was in, so but it made the show every show that happened there that summer in the round. So <laughs> they had their same number of audience members. Me and Leslie Odom were up in there oh. as babies doing Smoky Joe's Cafe. And that was also the summer I met my best friend, Megan Hilty, who came in to do Godspell in the round. Like we were all just in the, I mean, but it made it fun. We also were like, it's a tent. It's a, guys, it's a tent. I don't want the shirt that says vinyl structure. I want to, it's a tent. There, there seems to be a through line uh, of your of your shows and your movies and your television experiences of Christmas. Am I right oh, there? I'm obsessed with Christmas. Tell me more. Tell me why. I don't. Somebody asked me that. The, who asked me that the other day? Like, when did your obsession with Christmas start? I don't. Was it you and my dreams? I don't know. But <laughs> I was like, I can't know. My my mom is one of eight and my dad is one of seven. So that means every holiday growing up was huge. And that's just with my literal first cousins and all my aunts and uncles. So it was always a big affair without being it because we were all there as kids. And then as we got older, my mom and I, my mom and I have always loved Christmas. We'll, We'll watch all the Christmas movies. We decorate, we have like, you know, we'll make, uh, in high school, she would make, get like 18 different cookie recipes and make all 18. And then put them in tins, like a little bit in each tin to give to neighbors and friends. Like she don't do that anymore. She don't got the energy. I haven't done it either, but it was like, we made it a a thing. And then once I moved out, especially since I moved out early, it was when I came home. So it was always a huge Mm. thing. And it was always like surrounded by, you know, that Christmas air and love and excitement and in being on my own Mm -hmm. and often having to do shows, you know, on Broadway on Christmas Eve and on right. Christmas Day and not getting the holiday off and, and sometimes being by myself because I couldn't go home. Right. You have to make the most of it. And and also like, there's nothing like the, the holiday spirit and the, the even the grumpiest people oh. become jolly. Uh, it, ju- oh. it just is my nephew. He's 11 now, but when he was, he was like six, he was like, mm, you know, I Carly, like everyone's just so much nicer. And like, and I was like, yeah, they yeah. are, right? He's like, yeah. I think this was, he actually came to see me in Pippin. And oh. I had shows, you know, I had two shows the day before Christmas, the day I had all the shows. So my mom, my brother, my sister in law, my nephew came to see me and they stayed and we had Christmas in New York. And he was just like, everyone's so much nicer at Christmas. You could just, it's just different. You could feel it. And I was like, <laughs> I know, I'm teaching you young. I know. And Charles so, Dickens was on to something, wasn't he? Right? I was like, <laughs> I was like, you can't be grumpy at Christmas. You just can't. Yeah. And so um, it's just that, that air of that time of year that has always made me a happier person and made me uh, hopeful. And I think, um, you know, especially now the world gets grumpy, the world is grumpy and the world, you know, goes to hell in a handbasket at various different times. And so this particular time of year, for whatever reason, and and I, a lot of it, it's probably the commercialism associated with it and all everything we've put on it in terms of being the jolliest time of the year, the most wonderful time of the year, but it is now ingrained in us. And that's what we now believe, which is, which is a testament to the power of words. And so when you get to that time of year, 
it's just a time to, I guess, kind of refuel because that's how I come away from the holiday season is refueled with hope and energy and excitement and uh, happiness, you know? And so I live, my Christmas decorations go up (laughs) right after Halloween. (laughs) Yeah. Maybe on October 30th, you're starting to pull them out. Who we kidding? Oh yeah, they're out. I I mean, let's get serious. My fall and Halloween are up right now. I'm staring at my, my, uh, fall Halloween display on my mantle. And then like, you know, right after Halloween, that Christmas is going up. I'm obsessed yeah. with Christmas. It makes me so happy. I And we're going to need it more than ever this year. We're going to need yeah. that Christmas spirit. So, so this is so exciting then that your first lifetime Christmas film is going to oh be God. coming out this Christmas. It's, it's like so a dream. Insane. Like, I mean, I already did the Grinch on Broadway, which was hilarious. And, um, which I produced. I don't know if you, you that. did. I was one of the producers of every of year. I did the first, yeah, every year on Broadway, the first two years. Were you I was not met yet? Were you in it the year of the strike or? Oh, yes, I yep. was. Yep, I remember that. I was a very dark. Maybe that's why we didn't meet because it was a strike. And so very, by the time dark. they like, were like, you can reopen, it was a mad dash. <laughs> and we were doing 15 shows a day, a week, yep. I mean. Yeah. Um, yeah. I played Trixie, but then, um, mama who got sick from standing outside and, and standing with, um, you know, local one that I did seven shows in two days without rehearsal. Ah! That's also a story of my life, but that's for another time. So so Um, this film is, um, was it great to make and so energizing because of, yeah, I mean, it was, it was exactly what I needed at this time. Um, it, it involved a lot in terms of being COVID friendly and following the protocol. And that's a new uh, strategy that everyone is going to have to implement moving forward, which I appreciate, but it takes a lot of time. It takes a lot of effort and it takes, you know, um, away a lot of time in terms of the medic taking your temperature three times a day and you're being tested every 72 hours and everyone has masks, but you kind of can't wear masks mm-hmm. as a woman all the time because your makeup just got retouched. So you have to like find a face shield or stand away from, you know, it's a, it's a, a thing to navigate, but, um, and we shot in Utah and I was like, I'm not getting on a plane because COVID. So they picked me up mm. in my trailer and drove me back to Utah in my trailer and, um, which, you know, I'm glad they did because we were able to make this, you know, little piece of Christmas magic in the middle of chaos that is coming out this year. Cause you know, Hallmark and Lifetime, they, their stuff is rapid fire. They have it down yeah. to an art a science. Our director, Peter Sullivan directs and writes for Hallmark and Lifetime. He knows the exact formula, how it's going to edit, you know, he knows everything. So that helped right. a lot in, uh, the mad dash of getting it done, but I was so grateful to to be able to work during this time, oh and I was God. and I was just more grateful that it was a Christmas movie because, like, I was the one that was like, <laughs> you know, I used a lot of my own, yeah. all of my own wardrobe in this, and and my manager was like, "How hilarious that your wardrobe fits a Christmas movie." <laughs> I was like, "It's hey. just sweaters, okay." COVID um, times, desperate times call for desperate measures. We right. do what we can. Um. But yeah, it was, it was really magical. And then being able to do it, you know, again, like I said, there were ups and downs along the way for sure. Um, in terms of rule following and figuring stuff out, but, um, every scene I was just like imagining seeing it and I won't get to see, you know, my mom this year and because I can't fly and I'm immunocompromised and, and she is immunocompromised from having breast cancer and, you know, now my sister is going through something as well. So I won't be able to see my whole family this whole year at all. Yeah. But she'll get to see me in a Christmas movie at Christmas 
you know, so I'll essentially be in the home with her that way. You know, if you look at the little things, so I, you know, I just kept all, all the bumps along the way in terms of filming the movie and, and all of that were little dog piles in terms of, of the uh, final outcome. Yeah. And, you know, it's worth it. it. Yeah. And what it's going to do, uh, you know, for the people that like me and my mom who all every year watch all the Hallmark and our the lifetime together, yeah. like we will sit down for a month and just watch it yeah. from afar together. And then, you know, when I get there, watch it together. So um, it made it all worthwhile, and, and it was it was nice to have the Christmas spirit in Absolutely. August, in <laughs> degree weather, wearing eighteen layers. <laughs> Absolutely, no, it's going to be a gift for everyone. Um, so it's dream time on our show, where we yeah. ask if you could be in any show anywhere at any time. Woo. What would it be? It's hard because you know my my dream show is one that hasn't been done yet. You know, one that that I get to originate and has new music that I get to nuance and has a character that I get to bring to life. Great. So, let's, let's create it right now. Who wrote it? And what's your character? Oh, that, I, we're talking dream time. We're talking dream time. I can't, you know what? I honestly, what's been going through my mind lately is doing, um, which I don't think, has been done in this way, but doing kind of like a biopic, a biopic of, of either Nancy Wilson or Eartha Kitt or Lena Horne, not, not, um, the Lena Horne show that she did. Although I would love to recreate that as well. So we'll put that on the list. That's a duh. Um, but, um, a one woman show or a five person cast of one of their lives. So it has all the music they've done, but the book um, is about their lives. You know what I mean? So it's kind of like a, you know, lady, lady day at sings the blues, mm-hmm. you know, uh, Emerson bar and grill, but like a tad different, but in that vein of I doing one of the iconic women, I would really love to dive into Eartha and Lena, um, you know, and Josephine Baker, but, but not, I would love for it to not necessarily be a musical version of their lives, but more like the musical of their life, if that makes sense. Carly, this this is like the secret. That's what this talk show is about. So it's now out there. It's in the world. I'm a producer. You're going to be along for the ride, obviously. Right, rights holders listen. All of this is possible. It's a brilliant idea, and you'd be genius in it. So I mean, I've been I've been toying with doing it for like you know a limited series two of one of them, which you know, would, would be great as well. But the, the musical side, the play with music side is like, I mean, that's, that's a dream. The, the Lena Horn, um, when she made it back to Broadway, that is on YouTube. Yeah. Done. That will be tonight's viewing. Not a problem. I'm excited. Thank you for that. So you may know that there is a lightning round that we end all of our episodes with. And We've been switching up the theme of the lightning round. It's usually something emotional, something nostalgic, and it's testing your knowledge of classic musicals, which I trust is pretty damn good, knowing a bit about your resume. (laughs) So we put 30 seconds on the clock. I speak, because we should not be so lucky to hear me sing, a lyric (laughs) from a musical, and you have to say the name of the musical it's from. Oh, God. Okay. I wish you were singing it. Okay, go. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? I could. <laughs> Yay! Let's do it. Let's, 
do it. I support you. Since you challenged me. <laughs> Let's do it, lady. And it is Corona. <laughs> <laughs> Anything goes. Anything goes. Okay, 30 seconds are on the clock. It only takes a moment. I was like going to start singing with you, but I... your heart. Oh, what is that from? Oh, it it only takes a I just watched it last week. You did. You did. I can't know. I don't know. Tell me. You were in the matchmaker. Oh my gosh. That's what it is. It's from Hello Dolly. It is. It is. You know what it is, Hello Dolly, because also Wally watches it. <laughs> I watched Wally. Oh, that's so you know, funny. He, always, he doesn't do that song, but it's Hello Dolly. Now, now I'm alone, still dreaming of paradise. Once nearly was mine. <laughs> I can't believe you got me to sing. I did. <laughs> I'm loving it. Okay. Do you know what that's oh. from? No, I don't. South Pacific. Okay, I don't know much that's, from South. Pacific. That's okay. <laughs> Someone tell me when is it my turn? Don't I get a drink for myself? <laughs> this is Gypsy. Yes. Yes, that was your best one. <laughs> I love it. Uh, you did great. You did great. I got one and a half. <laughs> but you got the host to sing. Yes, I, I nailed it. I, let's just get serious. I nailed it. It only takes a moment. Oh, I love that. That's how that song actually was supposed to sing. Good I was like, did I just watch this? I, it's because I watched Wally, and you know he's obsessed. Put on your Sunday clothes and yeah. da, 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 da. And then I started singing that song. Oh my god! He also likes to chant Eva. Yeah, uh, is my understanding. I've never seen Wally, but that's what I know. Well, you gotta watch it because then you'll know why I he know. said Eva. After Lena Horn tonight, I'm putting on Wally. I'm never gonna forget you, Carly Hughes. Thank you. Oh for my gosh, today. you either. This was so fun. This was the best way to start my day because you know in LA, like I woke up just before this, so <laughs> it's only eleven o'clock now. But I'm this so was, like, glad. The best way to like just be reminded of you know what I do and that it's fine and and to reminisce a little bit. I'm so glad you had me on. I'm so glad you were here. A fool can have his chance. I'm in love, and don't I? My First Show is produced by Josh Altman, MEP, Dory Berenstein, and Alan Seals, and is part of the Broadway Podcast Network. This episode was edited by Derek Gunther. Special thanks to Leslie Papa and Whitney Holden-Gore at Vivacity Media Group. For more info about the podcast, visit bpn.fm backslash myfirstshow. Follow me on Instagram at Eva R. Price. on the blame. I'm wild again, beguiled again, a simpering, whimpering child again, bewitched, bothered and bewildered, am I? I couldn't sleep 
couldn't sleep when love came and told me I shouldn't sleep bewitched bothered and bewildered am I Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theater Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theater professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the RISE Theater Directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.